1: check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire. hitting you guys back up on this Monday, June 4th. Hope you guys had a good weekend and a good start to the month of June. Um, figure what we're going to do here now that we're into the month of June, I'll, and, of course, June is kind of a dead period in the NFL. Not really a whole lot goes on. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to just kind of do a recap of all the teams. You know, go di- go division by division. Just kind of go, running through each team the division, kind of recapping where they are, some notes from the offseason, and kind of a look at where they're at and, you know, kind of a look ahead. Uh, so we'll start in the NFC East and kind of work our way through. And we'll start at the top of the division, and of course the top of the entire league right now, and that is the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, big story, of course, with the Eagles is the health and recovery of Carson Wentz, who of course tore his ACL and MCL against the Rams last season in week 14, but late recent signs have been very positive regarding Carson Wentz. He was there at OTAs throwing at individual individual drills. He hasn't been cleared for full practice yet. He has he has started to throw, which is a, a very good sign. Obviously, it's a lot. He's a lot further along it seems than Andrew Luck of the Indianapolis Colts, who hasn't even thrown at all. Uh, and he, he's been going on over a year now. But Wentz has been out there throwing. So, real good sign. It's looking more likely that Carson Wentz will be there uh, for Week 1, which of course is that first Thursday night game since the Super Bowl champion gets to play at home on the season kickoff that Thursday night, and that'll come against the Atlanta Falcons, meaning Matt Ryan and company will go back to where their season ended last season in the playoffs at Philadelphia. Um, of course, they also did lose Frank Reich, their offensive coordinator. He became head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, spe- speaking of Andrew Luck. Reich now getting to coach Luck. Um, of course, if you recall the whole debacle with the Colts with Josh McDaniels, where they thought they had the agreement, but they, of course, had to wait because the Patriots were still in the Super Bowl. So the Colts couldn't make it official, and then all of a sudden they thought they had an agreement. They actually announced a press conference to introduce McDaniels, and of course all of a sudden McDaniels backs out and says he's going back to the Patriots as their offensive coordinator. So the Colts had to turn around, but they were able to luck out and grab Frank Reich, from the Eagles, which you was know, a very good hire, and it should be fun to see that offense. You know, we'll certainly get more into that when we get to the Colts. But in terms of the Eagles, uh, Frank Reich is gone. Mike Grow, who was previously the wide receiver's coach, was promoted to offensive coordinator. Um, a few of the free agents that they added this season. Mike Wallace from the Baltimore Ravens, the wide receiver. Lodinata, defensive tackle from the Lions. Corey Nelson, linebacker from the Broncos. Richard Rogers, tight end from Green Bay. Marcus Wheaton from Chicago. Uh, Matt Jones, who was cut by the Colts and picked up by the Eagles. And then Paul Warlow from the Lions, who tore his ACL just recently. So he's done for the season. Uh, they also re-signed Nigel Bradham, their, one of their top linebackers, to a five-year deal, and they brought back Darren Sproles for probably one last run. You know, it's very likely that this is Darren Sproles' final season with the Eagles. Uh, of course, they also traded for Michael Bennett, sending Marcus Johnson, their young wide receiver, to the Seahawks in exchange for Bennett. Of course, then Bennett got into. Some more hot water reportedly shoved an elderly volunteer worker on his way to rushing the field at after Super Bowl 51, where of course his brother Martellus Bennett was a member of that Patriots team. So, kind of got himself in the hot water again. Uh, in terms of who they've lost, um, probably. Trey Burton and Vinnie Curry, probably two of the bigger names uh, in terms of, you know, who they lost and kind of their talent. Trey Burton, of course, you know, he was the number three tight end, but he was a very versatile player. Um, But we knew if you were an Eagles fan, you had to figure that Trey Burton likely wasn't going to return because he was going to get good value. He was was probably going to be pretty sought after tight end just because of his talent and athleticism. Uh, and sure enough, I think he got about eight million a year from the Chicago Bears. So that that'll be something to watch. Trey Burton working with uh, Mitchell Trubisky under Matt Nagy's new offense. Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen, pair defensive linemen, both signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patrick Robinson returning to the New Orleans Saints. Of course, Robinson had himself a good season with the Eagles. Was Pretty key, especially. In fact, had the pick six against the Vikings in the NFC Championship. Uh, Garrett Blunt was another kind of key cog on that offense. He signed with the Lions. And then, of course, they did just recently to release Michael Kendricks, the linebacker. Uh, He actually just signed with Cleveland. And then a couple of these, including, of course... And, of course, you got Panthers fans, remember the story, the trade of Torrey Smith and Daryl Worley. Torrey Smith going to the Panthers, Daryl Worley coming to the Eagles, and then, of course, Daryl Worley had his issues and ultimately got released. You know, ended up getting arrested, I believe, and, you know, long story short, of course, is Worley got released and then since signed with the Oakland Raiders. Um, and a couple other notes as you scroll through. Um, during OTAs, one of the standout players from reporters has been Sidney Jones. Of course, if you remember, Sidney Jones was their second-round pick last season, but of course missed a lot of the season as he was recovering from his Achilles tear that he suffered at his pro day, which of course is one of the reasons why he fell as far as he did, but he seems to be standing out, which is a good sign. you know really excited to see because we know he's very talented, so really excited to kind of see what he brings to the table. Uh, Timmy again still dealing with uh, the back surgery that he recovered, so he, he's another one uh, as far as watching his progress. Uh, they Exercise Nelson Aguilar's fifth-year option. Not too surprising after his breakout season last year where he f- finally seemed to get it together after he struggled first couple of seasons. And then the interesting note, uh, the interesting report that came out not too long ago where the Eagles reportedly were offered the 35th overall pick by the Cleveland Browns in exchange for Nick Foles, who of course, as we know, won Super Bowl MVP uh, in in the win over the Patriots after his amazing performance, and the Eagles reportedly turned it down. So that kind of shows, that kind of tells you how valuable now the Eagles have made Nick Foles or how valuable they feel he is to the team, especially after kind of reworking his deal now where you know he got a little bit more money, you know kind of like an option year for 2019, but they said they can he can give up i guess like the extension money or whatever it was to effectively buy himself free agency. So really so and I always felt that it was he should have stayed, that the Eagles should have kept him, because, you know, we've seen how valuable a, a good backup quarterback can be, and, you know, obviously, Foles feels comfortable in the system, so they know that they're okay should something, and, you know, obviously we don't want to see it happen again, but should something happen again to Carson Wentz, we know now kind of what Nick Foles brings to the table. Uh, but in any event really i think this eagles team is probably better now
2: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast
0: Than where they were four months ago when they won the Super Bowl. You know, and, that, and that's kind of saying something. Um, you could definitely make the argument, and a lot of people have made the argument, that they have the best roster right now in the NFL. So obviously they have the big targets on their back. They've got the opening Thursday game against the Atlanta Falcons. And of course, uh, they do have the Panthers on their schedule as well uh, in the middle of the season. So in the end, all in all, you know, really excited to see what the Eagles do for an encore. You know, obviously a lot of hype surrounding them. We'll see if they can, we'll see how they handle now with the pressure of being at the top of the mountain and, you know, just the, just the pressure of having that target, that big target on their back. Before I move on though, let's take a quick break to talk about a, talk about this new chew product. This blue chew product that we that we're running here. Uh, so guys, let's let's talk quick about the good old days when you were always ready to go. You remember those days? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Here's the deal. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that they work. And you can take them anytime during the day, and you'll even have to take it before you eat. You can take it on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to go when the time comes. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so you don't have to go visit the doctor's office. There's no awkwardness. It just comes right to your door. It's very simple. It's made right here in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now we've got a special deal for you, locked on listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, again that's B-L-U-E like the color blue, chew c-h-e-w dot com, you can get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code locked on. You just have to pay five dollars for shipping. So again, that's promo code locked on at BlueChew.com. to get your first shipment for free. You just have to pay. $5 in shipping. One more note, too, before we move on past the Eagles. I just want to touch, too, on their draft class. Um, really intrigued by Dallas Goddard. Um, da- Goddard, of course, was arguably the best pass-catching tight end in his class between him and Mike Isiki. And now you pair him with Zach Ertz. Very good-looking duo right there. Uh, they're effectively as your... Replacement kind of for uh, for Trey Burton, so I think you could really step in, and it, you not, you now have your three tight ends again in Ertz, Richard Rodgers, and Dallas Goddard. Um, Avante Maddox is the cornerback from Pitt, is someone else that a lot of people were kind of buzzing about when they made the pick, uh, and then the offensive tackle that they drafted the kid out of Australia, Jordan. My Lada, I think is how you say his name. The Aussie rugby player. 6'8, about 350 pounds. I can't wait to see this guy in Pats. If he can if he can learn the position and really kind of get the nuances down, he's gonna bold some people over. So it's really gonna be really gonna be fun to watch. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. America's team as it were of course a bit of a disappointing 2017 season um, obviously coming off a 13 and three season and then they come on and they come into 2017 and end up going nine and seven. I mean, still still a winning season, but obviously a bit of a drop-off from 13-3. And, of course, they missed the playoffs completely. Now, of course, you know, trying to turn things around. Dak Prescott now in his third season. Zeke Elliott. We know now he's going to get a full season because we know now that he is... He's already served a suspension. So what's in the past, you know, in terms of on the football field... He's, he's ready to go. Obviously, the big loss now, Des Bryant, after releasing him, who, of course, still has not signed with any teams. Now, granted, Bryant's production certainly has slipped over the years, uh, and it was really tough to justify paying him all that money that they would have. Uh, kind of... So they, they kind of made it up by signing a couple of receivers in free agency. They, of course, signed Alan Hearns, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, to a two-year deal, and also brought in Deontay Thompson from the Buffalo Bills. Also brought in uh, Cameron Fleming, the former New England tackle. uh, Brought in Coney Ealy, former Panthers defensive end, former Jets defensive end. uh, Re-signed Joe Looney and brought in uh, Joe Thomas, the inside linebacker from the Green Bay Packers. Um, a couple of guys that they lost, though, in free agency. Um, Anthony Hitchens signed a big contract, five years, $45 million, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Orlando Skandrick signed with the Redskins. Jonathan Cooper signed with the 49ers. Uh, he also had... You know, a couple others but those are kind of the kind of the big lot the big name free agents that the Cowboys had that signed elsewhere uh, but their draft class was pretty good though too I you know their first round pick of course was Leighton van Der Vanderesh, the linebacker at the Boise State now the talk of course with van Der Esch, was the neck injury you know his injury history is pretty well documented he only had really one full season at Boise State out of three it was obviously a very productive season though and that was just this last season but the talk was growing a bit in the days leading up to the draft that is this neck issue bigger than we originally thought you know and there were some reports. Now, some may not have believed the reports. You know, to each their own. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump into that battle. I'm just gonna say that there were reports that some teams were worried about Van Der Esch's medicals and had completely taken them off their board. Obviously, the Cowboys felt very comfortable with Van Der Esch as they spent the top 20 pick on him. And you have to figure that he's probably going to compete for a starting spot. And really, if you think about it, um, it's almost going to be like having two rookies, because Jalon Smith obviously hasn't had much playing experience yet in the NFL either, as he's still recovering from his injury that he suffered two years ago, but we... He, got, he was finally get, able to get on the field last year and kind of get his feet wet. So really, this is probably going to be his kind of breakout year. Or at least there's a good chance this could be his breakout year. So really going to be interesting to see uh, kind of those two, along with, of course, the veteran there, Sean Lee. Uh, good young secondary, though. Uh, Byron Jones, the former first-round pick, Gonna move to safety, and he's got some speed. We know at the combine he was very fast, so he can definitely kind of show his range a little bit and give the Cowboys kind of that fast center field player. Uh, and then Jordan Lewis had a very good rookie season, as did Chittabaya Awuzie. I mean, you know, so so far those were two good hits in the uh, second and third rounds, woozy so in the second round, Lewis in the third round, at the cornerback position. And then, you know, right now, at least with the depth chart on our lads, Xavier Woods, the fifth round pick last year, the starter at strong safety. So, I mean, that's... If those are your your secondary right now, that's three out of four members of your secondary that's only in their second year you know, th- three players that were drafted last season. You know, obviously I know those guys are making more of an impact than first-round pick Tackle Charlton, who didn't have the greatest of rookie seasons, but, you know, second year, another chance to kind of work with Rod Marinelli, and it, it's a... It's a good defensive line rotation, too, or defensive end rotation. Uh, Obviously led by Demarcus Lawrence there. i have got Tyron Crawford. Like I said, Kony Ealy now in the mix. Uh, Dayton Jones now in the mix. Charles Tapper. uh, Also brought in some rookies, including uh, fourth-round pick Dorrance Armstrong from Kansas. Um, Also intrigued by couple of their college free agents, you know, one in particular, Cameron Kelly, out of San Diego State. Kelly was kind of that mixed corner safety um, for the Aztecs. You know, he was one of those guys that was, it was really kind of hard to peg what his his value was going to be in terms of where he could have landed in the draft obviously he went undrafted but you know could could be a nice if if he sticks around could compete to be uh, a depth piece behind you know guys like Byron Jones and Xavier Woods and then obviously look at the offense Uh, going back to the receivers we talked about they signed Alan Hearns In free agency, they of course also drafted two wide receivers. Michael Gallup out of Colorado State in the third round. And Cedric Wilson out of Boise State in the sixth round. So so two kids there out of the Mountain West. Gallup's an intriguing player. Because Gallup was one of the leaders. In fact, he might have been the leader. I'm trying to remember. Off the top of my head, but I know he was up there in terms of uh, yardage in 2017. I'm actually, trying to gonna look it up right now, quick for you guys. But I, I'm pretty sure sh- I'm I remember seeing his name like very high up there, and I know. Okay, yeah, he was fifth. He was fifth in receiving yards. In 2017 with 1,345. And then he was also up there in terms of reception. In fact, he was tied for third uh, in receptions in 2017 with 94. He was tied with Gary Jennings of West Virginia. The only players who had more catches were Trey Quinn of SMU, who had 106. And Steve Ishmael of Syracuse, who had 105. So Gallup... Gallup's an intriguing guy, and then you know Cedric Wilson was very productive as well. Oh, by the way, Michael, you know Michael Gallup had seven touchdown receptions. Uh, so, and again, so Cedric Wilson was productive himself. He had 73 catches for almost 1,300 yards and six touchdowns last season for Broncos. So I, th- so he's definitely going to be, I think, a rookie to watch. Um you know another another big move they made in free you know during the offseason is the trade for Tavon Austin. You know, how are they going to utilize Tavon Austin? Obviously the Rams couldn't really figure it out or they you know they you know they also gave him a big contract that really was kind of undeserving and it really he really wasn't worth that much money so the Rams were able to move on from him. So, you know, and especially with a guy like Cole Beasley in the mix, uh, really, really going to be interesting what, uh, how that kind of plays out with Austin. And then, you know, certainly the offensive line, always interesting to watch. You know, Tyron Smith back from injury. It was really tough to watch the O line, too. You know, Dak Prescott just got killed when Tyron Smith was out and you know, Chaz Green and whoever were in at a tackle. It was just a mess. Uh, and then, you know, Lael Collins, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin and Cameron Fle- Fleming look like they're the they're the projected O line right now. Uh, tight end two is gonna be interesting. They drafted Dalton Schultz in the fourth round. You know, when there's talk, too, about Rico Gathers, the sixth-round pick from 2016. This, of course, after the retirement of Jason Witten. So that that's going to be a position to watch, too, is who kind of steps up and takes over the tight end spot now that one of the greatest Cowboys and one of the greatest tight ends we've ever seen has moved on. He, of course, now will be, a, he'll be an analyst for... Monday night football, and oh by the way, for you, in case you pan, some of you guys out there were living under a rock and haven't seen the schedule yet. Here's De- Ca- here's Carolina's week one opponent, home against the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want to start prepping for the season, Dallas is a good place to start because that's.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: The Washington Redskins now. We'll move on to them. In fact, speaking of, I just mentioned Trey Quinn. When talking about Michael Gallup, Trey Quinn, of course, Landed here with the Redskins and became Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick of the draft, number 256, by the Washington Redskins. So he's now in tow. Uh, the Redskins, of course, now starting life after Kirk Cousins. They, of course, were one of the made one of the first waves, really. In the offseason, when they announced the trade with the Kansas City Chiefs to bring in Alex Smith. And, of course, um, signed him to a big contract after making the trade. So, it basically, and we we kind of knew was gonna it was going to happen. This just basically made it all but official that Kirk Cousins would not be returning to the Redskins. And, of course... He would eventually go on to sign with the Minnesota Vikings. So Alex Smith, now the quarterback of the Washington Redskins, and they gave him some weapons to play with, Uh, namely Paul Richardson, the big wide receiver formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, signed him to a five-year, $40 million contract with $16.5 million guaranteed. Uh, also brought in some. Also brought in, as we mentioned, Orlando Skandrick, the cornerback from the Cowboys. Uh, signed Pernell McPhee, the linebacker from the Bears. Uh, resigned a couple of their own players as well. Zach Brown, the inside linebacker, Sean Laval ended up bringing back a guard. Tony Bergstrom at center. Brian Quick. Uh, also signed. Also signed Phil Taylor. Now Phil Taylor's been interesting. He's been kind of in and out of the league for a while, dealing with a lot of injuries after being a first-round pick by the by the Cleveland Browns, and he's already 30 years old. So, but he's he's still still kind of sticking around. Um, you know, of course lost lost a few players to free agency again. Obviously Kirk Cousins. Signing with the Vikings, Spencer Long, the center, signed with the Jets. Trent Murphy, the outside linebacker, signed with the Bills. Ryan Grant, wide receiver, signed with the Colts. Uh, Niles Paul, signing with the Jaguars. Terrell Pryor, who had a disappointing season after his breakout with the Browns. He's now with the New York Jets, who have about... 17 wide receivers on their roster right now uh and terrell mcclain the defensive end signed with the atlanta falcons then of course you get to the draft and they kind of continued their alabama connection as it were last year they took jonathan allen in the first round this year they took deron Payne in the first round Um, you know, they, they need they certainly needed some defensive line help. Wanted to try to get some help for Jonathan Allen, who's recovering from Liz Frank's surgery, but seems like he will be good to go. So now you've got Allen and Payne in the up front there. And then of course Darius Geis fell all the way to them late in the second round. Now, whether he had the character issues or not, you know, that's that's for media to decipher and draft analysts to figure out. But nonetheless, Geiss fell. Geis ended up falling to the Redskins, and, you know, there were some people. In fact, I remember, I think it was my first mock draft, I actually had the Redskins taking Geis at 13, and sure enough... They get him late in the second round, you know. So obviously, Geis comes to a backfield where Chris Thompson had a uh, pretty solid season last year, and of course you also have Rob Kelly and Samaje Ryan who, you know, P. Ryan had a little bit of hype coming into his rookie season and didn't really live live up to it, you know. And you obviously have to figure Geis is going to be is obviously going to be the the main guy here. You know, you obviously see Rob Kelly, you'll see Chris Thompson, maybe a little bit of P Ryan, but, you know, guys is going to get the majority of the work. Um, the wide receiver position. We talked about Paul Richardson as the free agent. Uh, Jameson Crowder kind of had a, a bit of a coming out party last season. You know, he's really kind of starting to come into his own and you started to see a little bit, you probably need to see a little bit more now, out of Josh, Josh Doxson, the former first-round pick. You know, he did play in all 16 games last year. Um, you know, he of course had the Achilles issue in his rookie season. Came into himself a little bit more last season, and did have six touchdowns. Now it's a matter of, you know, getting a little bit more of an opportunity, especially with guys like Crowder and Richardson, to kind of take kind of the focus off. He's, he's obviously not going to see as much focus. Really, really Richardson is probably going to be maybe going to get more of the focus and Crowder's going to get some. So, you know, Dotson's going to get some opportunities. And then, you know, again, a guy like Brian Quick, who's had his ups and downs, never really – hasn't really panned out. And then, of course, all the, you know, they have a bunch of young wide receivers. Uh, again, they, like I said, they drafted Trey Quinn with the last pick of the round, or the last pick of the draft. Also signed Semi Cobbs, the receiver out of Indiana, uh, as a free agent. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, You know, it's looking like a good front seven. You know, Preston Smith has turned into a a real good linebacker for them. Mason Foster in the middle. And again, they signed Zach Brown. Ryan Kerrigan, obviously, another good linebacker opposite Preston Smith. And then you look at the secondary. uh, They signed Orlando Skandrick in free agency. But I think they're also going to be expecting a little more. I think they're pretty intrigued by... Last year's third-round pick, Fabian Moreau, out of UCLA. I think he's going to get more of an opportunity this year, so he'll be one to watch. And obviously you have got Josh Norman on the other side and then DJ Swearinger there at free safety. They, of course, traded Sue Cravens uh, to the Denver Broncos. Cause Cravens never really worked out, though, for the Redskins, so now it's kind of a you know new opportunity for him. In Denver. And then, you know, again, using our lads right now, they have the Shazer Everett, um, undrafted free agent from 2015, listed as the starting strong safety. They did also sign Quinn Blanding, the safety out of Virginia, as a free agent. They also drafted Greg Stroman, uh, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. In the 7th round. And of course speaking of cornerbacks. Out of Virginia Tech. Adonis Alexander. Who had originally decided. To go back to school. Found out that he was academically. Ineligible. So instead. He turns around and decides to. Declare himself eligible. For the supplemental draft. And Alexander's been getting some buzz now. You know there's some that. Certainly didn't feel Alexander was even the best corner on the Virginia Tech roster. Some would say Greg Stroman. So it's going to be interesting um, if Alexander gets picked in the in the supplemental draft. Um, as a reminder, or as a refresher for you guys, or if you've if you're maybe new the league and haven't really come across the supplemental draft. Basically, it's it's a watered-down version, we'll say, of the NFL draft. You know, it, it, It's kind of all email-based, too. I think they effectively just send an email or whatever for each round, and then teams can kind of come back and offer what round pick they want to use if they want to use on a certain player. So I, I guess in a way, too, it's almost kind of like a, a silent auction. You know, ob- obviously... In recent memory, Josh Gordon was was the big name when he came out of Baylor. And the Browns, of course, used a second-round pick on him. And if a team does use a draft pick in the supplemental draft on a player, then it's as if they used that pick in April's draft, and that's this coming April's draft. So, like, for example, if a team uses a seventh-round pick in the supplemental draft... On Alexander then they effectively give up their seventh round pick in next year's draft so that's kind of how that works so obviously he's now become kind of the headline player of this draft of the supplemental draft so will be interesting to see if anything happens with Alexander and if he ends up going anywhere or if he ends up just going into the free agent pool. Last but not least in the NFC, so not you know I, I know obviously this is running kind of long. I I apologize apologize if this is quite a long one, but if you're sticking around, I do appreciate it. Obviously, and I hope you've been enjoying my run through with this division. But last but not least the New York Giants. Of course, just had an abysmal 2017 winning just three games ending up with the number two overall pick in the draft and of course they wound up using using that pick to take Saquon Barkley the running back out of Penn State now I still think that they could have went with uh, a quarterback maybe like a Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold But they decide to... I guess they're just going to roll with Eli... You know, just kind of rally around Eli one last time. You know, obviously, Eli is getting up there in age. He certainly isn't getting any younger. You know, he's... uh, He turned 37 in January. But they're hoping that with all these weapons now that that they have obviously you've got Odell Beckham he got Sterling Shepard Evan Ingram has already turned into a pretty strong tight end he was he was he was kind of a matchup nightmare last year so he's he's going to wreak some havoc and now you bring in Saquon Barkley at the running back position and of course they brought in former Panther Jonathan Stewart They're hoping that all these weapons will kind of help Eli make one last run. The question, of course, is the offensive line, namely the right side of the offensive line where Eric Flowers is manning the right tackle. And Flyers ain't exactly that good. They did sure up the left side of the line when they brought in Nate Solder, giving him a big big contract in free agency. And then, of course, they spent their second-round pick of the draft on will hernandez the uh the big boy out of utep and you guys know how much of a fan i was of will hernandez but you did lose uh, weston richburg to the 49ers you did lose justin Pugh to the arizona Cardinals. so the interior and the right side of the offensive line still looks like a major question mark For the New York Giants. And that really is going to be kind of the key. Um, If they have problems there. You know. Are. Will Eli Manning. And these weapons kind of overcome. The deficiencies. At that offensive line position. Of course. You know the Giants did. Did eventually draft a tight. Or draft a quarterback. They took Kyle Lalletta out of Richmond. In the fourth round. Uh, in terms of some some of the other free agents that they brought in, Patrick O'Mama, you know, to kind of try and help in the offensive line, former guard of the Jaguars, signed him to a three-year deal, also brought in Kareem Martin, the outside linebacker from the Cardinals, uh, Michael Thomas, the free safety from the Dolphins, signed him to a two-year deal, uh... Couple of receivers as well on one-year deals. Cody Latimer, Cody Latimer, the former Bronco and former Panther. Russell Shepard. Uh, in terms of guys that they've lost, again we already mentioned guys like Pew and Weston Richburg, two key members of the offensive line that are gone. Uh, they also lost Devin Kennard, the outside linebacker, to the Lions. Ross Cockwell went to the Panthers. DJ Fluker, another another interior player that they had who you know, he he's certainly been up and down. You know, he had his time with the Chargers, then with the Giants Snout. Now he's get he'll get his shot with the Seahawks. You know, those are kind of the big names, you know. Geno Smith did sign elsewhere too. You know. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Geno Smith signed with the uh, with the LA Chargers, but you certainly have to think that even with the issues on the offensive line, you have a very good offensive mind in Pat Shermer as the head coach. Of course, Mike Shula, who certainly a lot of Panthers fans love to hate, is now offensive coordinator of the Giants. And James Bechter, the former defensive coordinator of the Cardinals, has now taken over that position with the Giants. And the Giants have a a, a pretty good defense. We know that their front seven is pretty solid. You know, Olivier Vernon uh, really helped... At the defensive end position. You know, of course, they did trade Jason Pierre Paul to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they did they did bring in BJ Hill, the defensive lineman out of NC State. And you know, as I've said before, I really liked really all the players from the NC State D-line. So I think Hill's gonna be a nice depth piece there for the Giants. of course, you have guys like Damon Harrison and Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle. Uh, They traded for Alec Ogletree with the Rams. uh, Also drafted Lorenzo Carter, a linebacker out of Georgia. And then, of course, you got the leader in the secondary, Landon Collins. And then Darian Thompson, free safety, the former Boise State kid, solid player there. And, of course, Janoris Jenkins at one corner. Eli Apple still, still sitting there, and you know he's obviously not really panned out so well. They did, they did sign B. W. Webb in free agency as well. Um, also, you know, in terms of a couple of their young kids, college free agents, uh, Sean Chandler, the safety at the Temple, and Grant Haley a corner out of Penn State and really looking at the the depth charts you know Grant Grant Haley has a chance to stick he could, he could possibly stick so you know I think those corner positions and the nickelbacks position they'll be intriguing to watch you know you could see some young blood there uh, when it comes to the New York Giants. So, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot better than 3-13, and 13. you know, I, I I think. I mean, I, I would venture to guess, you know, I, I think it's going to be a competitive division. You know, it wouldn't totally surprise me if the Redskins finish last in this division. And I'm not saying that's because they're a, a bad team, but, you know, again, you, you have to think the Giants uh, are going to improve. So, right now, if I had to pick, I would say the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this division again. Like I said, they're the most talented team. They're definitely the most talented team in this division, and probably the most talented team in the league. Um, Dallas is definitely going to compete again, I would think. Um, the, like, like I just said, the Giants are going to improve. And I think the Redskins could be competitive. You know, you have Alex Smith now a quarterback, you know, and not like Kirk Cousins was a bad quarterback, you know, so it's not like it's it's a complete drop-off at, at the quarterback position. You know, you, you still have a good quarterback in tow now with Alex Smith. And, of course, you draft a, a very talented running back and Darius Geis. You bring in a, a – very good receiver in Paul Richardson. I think this is going to be a competitive division. I think um you know the other three teams outside the Eagles wouldn't surprise me if they're competing for for playoff positioning or at least hovering around you know eight and eight, nine and seven, and possibly in the mix. So
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: You know, the NFC, is definitely back to the days, I think, where, um, you know, it's exciting to watch. It's not like a, a few years ago when these teams kind of struggled to get to 9-7 and seven just to win the division. So I think it's I think it's definitely going to be fun to watch. So with that, I definitely think I've talked long enough. Um, you know, again, I do hope you enjoyed my run through these divisions. Uh, maybe the others won't be as long, though. You know, might try to cut down because that was definitely a lot of info. But definitely I think a bit of a nice recap and kind of a look ahead at kind of where they are now and what they could be. Uh, but again, really do appreciate you guys sticking around. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Bill Rissetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And of course, you know, find the show, subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. And, you know, just check out the other great hosts here on the Locked On Network, because it's always a good time. So with that, I'm going to get out of here. Bill Rossetti, thanks for listening to the Locked on Panthers podcast. Keep it locked here on LOP. Until next time, take care, my friends.